Love Talk Radio. Politrix. With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. 6.30 p.m. every Monday. Politrix, Politrix, it's what you need to know. 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 Break it down, man, fuck the fake news. Now, even if they lose, 
that's okay because at least it sends a message like we're not going to put up with your horses anymore. So you're either going to serve the people or we're going to get rid of you or at least die trying. And also, another quick hit, and I just, this just showed up in my feed like literally five minutes ago. But uh, when Trump had the Russian ambassador and uh, over last week at, in the Oval Office, supposedly he shared classified information with them that could compromise one of our intelligence gathering agencies in the fight against ISIS. So that's a developing story. So I'll probably touch on that more probably on Saturday once I find out more about it. But it's just a developing that story. That sounds like a great Watch- plan, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, we'll get to the meat and potatoes of it. And, and the thing is, there's been a lot of comparisons between Donald Trump and Richard Nixon, right? They call what they call like a lot of stuff that Nixon that, that Trump does uh, Nixonian, you know. So you figure uh, where the comparisons between Trump and Nixon start? It basically started with the fact that both of them fired people who were investigating them. Which is, if, which is just the biggest admission of guilt you could have. So you figure Trump fired James Comey, who was the acting director of the FBI, and that made a bunch of bullshit excuses why he fired him. So first it was about Hillary, then he said, oh, he wasn't doing a good job, he wasn't well-liked, just going back and forth. And then finally he really admitted in an interview with Lester Holt that he fired him because uh, he wanted to search an investigation end. So it doesn't get uh, it doesn't get any worse than that. Nixon had what was called uh, the Saturday Night Massacre. So he fired uh, a man named Archibald Cox. Archibald Cox was an independent investigator assigned by then U.S. Attorney uh, Attorney General Elliot Richardson to investigate Watergate, and Nixon fired him which led to the resignation of uh, Elliot Richardson, the Attorney General, and uh, the Deputy Attorney General quit, too. So it, it was kind of brutal to lose all of them in one stroke, you know. Now, I'll tell you something. I made a joke about Trump on Facebook. And uh, just, a, just a quick one-liner, it was basically just not even Nixon started a fake college. And I did that because I heard on the news that with all the comparisons between Trump and Nixon, the Nixon library tweeted saying that, yeah, Nixon didn't fire a sitting head of the FBI. Meaning like, look, don't lump him in with us. Because <laughs> Nixon was bad, but not that bad. You know? Now, I got some pushback from a friend of mine. Right? And, uh, you know, he has his own show. And he was basically saying that Nixon was basically made to look corrupt by the powers that be because of all his progressive ideals. And I will, I will say I agree with him between 55, 60% of that, and I'm going to explain why, right? There were some things that Nixon signed in the law that helped people, right? Uh, like, for instance, the EPA. Right, that was 
Nixon is the one who signed that in the law. You know, we all know what the Environmental Protection Agency does. I don't have to go over all that. Then he signed a legislation that led to OSHA, which is the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Right. Put it like this, with OSHA's impact. In 1970, in America, 14,000 workers were killed on the job. 14,000. So in 2009, that number dropped to uh, 4,300. So you figure uh, over those years, they lost, uh, they saved 10,000 on-the-job deaths. Uh, You know, it works. I'll I'll just keep that simple. And it was Nixon who signed that into law. Then you have yeah, consumer yeah, product. Yeah. So Nixon has a tweet, a tweeter, a tweet. How you say? Well, a Twitter the, account. The, the, the Nixon Library has a, a Twitter account. What's so that? Hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, you, you got your echo on, man. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's, you know, the Nixon Library, like every, you know, every president has their library. And that caught me off guard because I didn't, because I didn't know, like, oh, okay, uh, the Nixon Library has a Twitter account. But they do. <laughs> so, uh, you had the Consumer, the Consumer Product Safety Act, right? And I lost my footnotes here, so so bear with me. But they're basically... Uh, the act that develops safety standards and they pursue recalls for products that present unreasonable or substantial risk of injury or death to consumers. And it also allows them to ban a product if there's no feasible alternative to an outright ban. So the Consumer Product Safety Commission was made in 1972, and Nixon, of course, signed that into law, and they answered to the president. So... Now, here's, a, here's one thing that got me, is when he talked about, uh, um, my friend mentioned the minimum wage income policy, right? This never came to pass. So basically what was going to happen was, and it's not unlike welfare, it's, it's kind of like welfare but more of a guarantee, so that uh, poor families, right, would debts would be given as, like for, like for instance, a family of four, would be given uh, 1600 bucks a year. Now, if you adjust that for inflation, that's $10,000 a year. Now, check this out, though. $10,000 a year, $10,000 is a lot of money if someone just handed you 10 grand cash, right? But $10,000 a year, and like I said, this is just adjusted for inflation, is really not that much because you figure if you made minimum wage, the bare minimum wage, like seven twenty-five, right? And then you take that salary for a year and trim thirty percent off of it, which is probably what you pay in taxes. That comes out to about ten thousand five hundred dollars a year. Now, Nixon had supported this in the beginning, and then was convinced to shy away from it, so he ended up not passing it because he was being told that if you just give these people money, they're just going to be lazy and unproductive, and then we'd have to keep giving them money, 
you know, for the for the rest of their lives. And that's not really true because welfare uh, is really not enough to live on. You can't be on welfare and quit your job. And then it's like, well, I'm just going to collect these checks. Even if you live at home with your folks, you couldn't do that. It's not enough money. It's a supplement. Most people who are on welfare work. Sometimes two jobs just make ends meet. But in Nixon's eyes, you wouldn't have to jump through hoops for this money. If your income was under a certain amount, you would just get that money. So there's no hoops to jump through. And that was a normal play by Nixon, but uh, his people convinced him to turn away from it. Right? Now, my friend also mentioned a drug bill that emphasized rehab over incarceration. I couldn't find anything about that, but I didn't have internet for most of the day. Here's one thing I remember about Nixon, okay? You figure the war on drugs, right? There's always been a war on drugs for as long as people can remember, you know? Even prohibition is technically like a war on drugs because they were arresting all these people for uh, after they made alcohol illegal, right? Nixon's war on drugs was a lot more personal. He basically started a war on drugs because he wanted to harass blacks and hippies, right? His aide admitted this in an article that was printed decades later. His, uh, his aide, uh, John Ehrlichman, if I'm pronouncing that right, which I'm probably not. This is his direct quote, right? He said, the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against a war or black, but by getting the public to associate hippies with pot and blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know they were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. <laughs> so he basically uh, made for war on drugs to get at the people who he hated, which was the hippies, the anti-war left, and black people. You know? So you figure this comparison with Bush with uh, Jeff Sessions as Attorney General wanting to roll back Obama's protections against outrageous uh, prison sentences for drugs. Obama set a record of pardoning nonviolent drug offenders. Now, of course, being the president, there's limits. He can only do that at the federal level. He can't do that at the state level. So, unfortunately, if you're in state prison, Obama couldn't pardon you. But you had a lot of nonviolent drug offenders who were serving like more than a decade in jail or in prison. And Obama felt like, all right, let's give these guys a chance to get back into society. You know, they're, you know, they were, a lot of them were victims of uh, mandatory minimum sentencing. Which even, even our resident cockroach senators, Richard Burr and uh, Tom Tillis, as much of a bunch of cockroaches as I think they are, even they're against mandatory minimum sentencing, which surprised me. They co-sponsored the bill to try and get rid of mandatory minimums. So, now, they also mentioned voting rights, right? You know, the Voting Rights Act has been uh, kicked down the line 
you know, every few years. So when it came to Nixon, you know, he reluctantly signed it. He really didn't want to sign it because basically blacks and young people tended to vote Democrat, right? Now, where young people came in, in, uh, in that version of the Voting Rights Act, they, uh, Democrats put in the provision to lower the voting age to 18 because the rationale from people like Ted Kennedy was how can you uh, send kids off to Vietnam, right, have them get their legs blown off, but they can't vote. So you can send people to, you can draft kids to go to war at 18, and they couldn't vote. So the compromise is that they they were allowed, 18 years were allowed to vote at the federal level, but not state and city level, but the 26th Amendment took care of all that. You know, so. Now, here's one of the things that I brought up, because it basically reminds me a lot about Trump. So in 1973, Nixon, well, a little bit before that, I, I, you know, in 71, I don't know why I put 73, it's actually in 71, Richard Nixon ordered a 90-day freeze on wages and prices throughout the United States. He said after that, increases would be approved by a pay board and a price commission. So prices, you know, he was trying to control inflation, Right. Because, you know, inflation was rising faster than wages, so he put a freeze on both. And said it could only be constructed, it could only be go up if it's brought before a board and then uh, approved. It's not unlike uh, you have uh, certain people who have rates, like cable rates or insurance rates and stuff like that, right? They can't just raise rates depending on the state you're in, that is. They can't just raise rates. They have to actually bring it before a board and say, hey, you know, we need this revenue to do new infrastructure or to uh, pay out these claims or what have you. So it goes before the state, and the state will say, okay, this is fair. You can go ahead and raise those rates. Or they'll say, no, that's not fair. You can't raise rates. So... Now, did this thing that Nixon did work? No. No, it didn't work. But the people loved it, right? It got 75% approval rating on, um, on the Gallup polls. And it's because people looked at it like this. You have a problem, like inflation, and somebody did something about it. Whether it worked, whether it didn't work, somebody did something about it. And that's what people liked. I think people liked the action more than uh, the actual act itself. Now, put it like this. If they took that Gallup poll years later, when the effects of that started to really hurt them, would they have voted 75%? No, but it would probably still be high. You know, think about Trump in that same way. You know, the whole Trump versus Hillary thing. Hillary and her stupid platitudes, stronger together with no plan. They said only like 20% of her ads, either 20 or 25, actually talked about policy substance. But Trump is the one who's over here saying, yeah, we're going to bring back coal jobs. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. 
even though he had no plan. But he just kept saying he was going to do stuff. And basically, that was enough for people. When Nixon did that, he, he crushed McGovern, cruised the victory, you know. Not just because of that, but, you know, people like that sort of thing, you know. Now people are starting to learn the hard way that Trump doesn't keep any of his promises. And just and even the promises that he tried to keep, like the wall and the Muslim ban, aren't going anywhere because the Muslim ban is technically illegal. <laughs> now, I will say, and I just found this out this morning, because I was watching uh, John Oliver this morning as I was getting ready for work, you know, uh, last week tonight, excellent show. And they did a show on uh, kidney dialysis, right, and how these private companies are really hurting people, you know, in that business. And I'm not going to paraphrase the whole thing. Go ahead and watch it. If you don't have HBO, you can actually have their own channel on YouTube. So you don't have to feel like you're stealing it. It's actually an official Last Week Tonight channel. So watch that segment on on dialysis. It's actually very interesting. But I did not know that in the 50s and 60s, when dialysis was first starting to come out, it was very expensive and very rare, and they had an actual death panel. So they actually had a group of people who would decide if you can get dialysis or not. So they literally chose who lived and who died. So Nixon, in the early 70s, signed a bill stating that all dialysis will be paid for by the by by the United States, that they would pay for your dialysis so you don't have to die if you need dialysis. And I'm like, God damn, that's noble. (laughs) That would be a comparison between uh, Trump and Nixon would end right there because I can never see Trump doing anything that noble. So I'm like, I give him, I mean, no matter what the rationale was, that saved a lot of people's lives, you know. But the one thing that ties Nixon to Trump is, of course, the corruption. Uh, everybody knows the story of Watergate. I don't really have to go over it all that much. But basically, there was a robbery at uh, an office, the Watergate building, where uh Democratic National Convention had their files broken into. They arrested five guys. And they found out that these five guys had direct ties to Richard Nixon. Nixon was, uh, he already started to cover before he even stepped to him. He was already trying to distance himself from these guys, you know, because he was the one that sent them to, and, you know, I don't know if it was him directly. I, I'm pretty sure they didn't come to Nixon's office and be like, you five, breaking the offices, you know. But they were connected to the Nixon administration. So they found out in the course of this investigation, that Nixon was basically using the FBI, the CIA, even the IRS to intimidate his rivals, to spy on them. You know, he spied on people all the time. He basically, he abused a lot of his power. So now you've got Trump, who basically is doing the same thing, abusing his powers, you know, but he's using it to make himself rich, right? Did you know that Trump didn't even spend Mother's Day with, his, with any of his wives, his ex-wives or his current wife? You know what he did on Mother's Day? He played golf. 
while his wife is in New York with their kid. What if Obama did that? What if Obama spent Mother's Day golfing and not being with his wife? You know, to the backlash that he would get. And it's not like Trump doesn't get a chance to play golf. He plays every damn weekend. Because he's a (laughs) But figure it like this. The thing with Nixon is is, is the thing with Trump. Trump wants his Russian investigation to go away. The easiest way to make it go away is simply let the investigation happen. Let the investigation happen, let them find nothing, and then you can move on. But he's not doing that because they're going to find something. And that's why he's doing his best to obstruct. He not only fires James Comey, but then threatens him, which is obstruction of justice, by the way. Now, here's a highly classified information to Russian diplomats in their over office meeting just last week. Yeah. Yeah. So, anybody at this point who, who says that Trump is not in bed with the Russians either has a major head injury or you're just a Trump ball licker. There's no other way to put it because it's all right oh, there. Crack. 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 Hey. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't doubt it. I would not. At this point, I wouldn't doubt it. Like, okay, when I see people, let me tell you. <laughs> when I see people on the forums defending Trump, I'm like, you, you're trolling us because you can't believe this happy horse shit. There's just no way. You figure it like this. No, Trump's on the campaign trail. According to white 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 now, you figure it like this, right? Trump's on the campaign trail, and he literally calls for... He's on the plantation Hillary... trail. What? What are you saying? <laughs> no, he, he's on the campaign trail. <laughs> and he literally calls for Hillary's files to be hacked. And the next day, they get hacked. By Russian, they've been calling them Russian WikiLeaks later, lately, but it's pretty much what it is at this point. So it's almost like Trump. I'm not to say he's controlling him. I won't give him that much credit, but you know they need Trump. And now here's the thing, right? When Nixon got impeached, right? They told him basically that's why he resigned because they basically told him, look. You need 34 votes to survive impeachment. You barely have 15 votes. And the guy who told him is that you don't even have my vote. So you're not going to survive impeachment, which is why he resigned. The problem with Trump is that until the Republicans get what they want, they will protect Trump. They will circle the wagons around Trump. There are already people who are calling Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell traitors. Because they're defending Trump. So you figure it like this. I don't even know who's next in line after Paul Ryan, but you figure if they get rid of Trump and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan, for that matter, I don't even know who would be next. Would be always not Mr. Connell. Jesus Christ. How horrible would that be? Have that turtle-faced bastard as the President of the United States. But you figure... 
they're defending the indefensible. And when you ask them about it, they just blow it off, pretend like nothing's happening because they haven't gotten what they wanted yet. They want that health care to pass because they want that trillion-dollar tax cut for the rich. And until that happens, they're going to just protect Trump at all costs. The Russians want those sanctions lifted so they can drill for that oil. I found out, and I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago on the show, I found out that half a trillion dollars isn't what they'll get from pulling that oil out of the ground. It's their investment. Half a, half a trillion dollars is their investment. They stand to make between six and eight trillion dollars from that oil, but they can't get to it because of the sanctions that Obama put on them. But now Trump is stuck between a rock and a hard place because he can't just say, oh, yeah, we'll deliver the sanctions. Not while this Russia cloud is hanging over his head. That's why he wants to get this investigation to end so he can just lift the sanctions and give the Russians what they want. You know, but that Russia thing is never going to go away. You figured Trump won't release his tax returns. And then he actually got his lawyers to make a statement saying, well, there's no ties between uh, Russia and Trump on his tax returns, except for a couple of exceptions. Why don't you let us read a judge that? Why don't you just release the fucking tax returns so we can look at them so it could be over? Because as much as Trump hates hearing about it, we hate talking about it. Because there are so many other things for us to be talking about than Russia. We just want this shit to go away. But it's not going to go away. Figure like this, Blue. President Obama's birth certificate, right? How long did that go on? How long did that birth of Blue go on for? Oh, like a year, two years? <laughs> More than that. Sort of like this. There are still people to this day, even though Obama releases his birth certificate, right? There are people to this day who still believe that President Obama was born in Kenya. I believe it. I know you don't believe that, man. Put it like this. I've mentioned this before, so I'll just say it really quickly. John McCain almost wasn't eligible to run for president because he was born on a military base in the Panama Canal. And they actually found a law that they put on the books back in the 30s stating that if you were born in, in that Panama Canal because it was a U.S. territory, that you were a U.S. citizen. Because I think that's before we had the normal law of, you know, if you're born in a military base, you're on U.S. soil. I think it was before that law. So they found that specific law that said that if you were born there, you are a citizen. Now, if you figure John McCain was a POW, was a war hero, you figure if they scrutinized him that hard, that they scrutinize Obama that hard as well? That they just know, oh, yeah, he was born in Hawaii in 1950, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's an American citizen. There's nothing more to see here. So if you figure that birth of bullshit hung around for so long, how long do you think that Russia bullshit is going to go on when we have Trump letting Russian spies into the Oval Office and sharing classified information with them like a jackass? How long? That's never going to go away. The only way he can make it go away is let them hire an independent prosecutor, let them go through 
and investigate, and then if they find nothing, it's over. But that's the thing. He knows that they're going to find like, something. Much like the title or the short tip blurb about this show is that he's a god. He is untouchable. He cannot be defeated. He is Mr. Untouchable, and America is Mr. Glass. So kiss his motherfucking orange ass in the ass <laughs> and lick it, lick it, lick it, lick it, lick it, lick it. <laughs> Put it like this. They call Don Gotti the Teflon Don, right? How long did that last? Al Capone was untouchable, too. Granted, they had to do a loophole and get him on tax evasion. Mark, if you believe that Donald Trump is going to be impeached or anything like that, then you're a fucking fool. Then you know what? I'll be that because he's digging his own grave every day. Put it like this. Even as savvy as Nixon was, he still put it like this. You know, one of the things that led to Nixon's impeachment was the cover up, right? They had tapes they tried to subpoena of tapes that, you know, with where they uh, when they were taking people, you know, all over the White House, you know I think it's the ones that, that were that they got like that. But there was one tape, right, that would have incriminated Nixon outright, there were 18 minutes of audio deleted. 18 minutes gone. And one of his aides said, oh, I'm sorry. I, I was transcribing it and I accidentally erased it. Who the fuck believe that shit? When you transcribe something, you basically, you hit play and you let it run and then you write this shit down. Why are you hitting record? Unless you did it on purpose. So it's that sloppy cover-up. And with Trump, it's sloppy cover-up. Because basically, he's like, well, I'm just not going to show you my tax returns. Really? What's in them? Like, the more he denies it, not, not, the more he, not, not the more that he denies it, the more that he tries to cover it up, the more people are just going to dig. And if WikiLeaks was what they were supposed to be, like the people who were taking down the people in power, why don't they have Trump's tax returns? Because they're full of shit. And what is Anonymous doing? I mean, damn, bro, I need my student loan paid off now. I could not be. First of all, I would be in prison if I was, if I had that level of hacking skill. Yes, I'd be in prison. But no, Blue, you would not have student loan debt. <laughs> I'd, I'd take my 10 years in prison and make that shit mean something. Because, oh, all these people, all hospital bills, tap a tap a tap a tap a not anymore. No more debt. Put it like this. I was supposed to go to the doctor from my back, and I was like, no, I'm still paying off medical bills from last year, and I have insurance. So imagine if I didn't have insurance. I'm like, I can't see any new doctors until I pay off some of these old bills. Oh, man, that's bullshit. But that is America. Yeah. And and that's the reason why all these Democrats are going to get primaried. Because, like I said before, you have these Democrats who are supposed to be for the people telling people that, oh, you can't have, uh, you know, what they say, you can't have single-payer health care. It's not feasible. When every other country, every other developed nation in the world has single-payer. You have old folks who are tired to Canada and Mexico 
because they have single-payer health care. They can't afford their medication here. So they go to Mexico and retire. Mexico is a dangerous place. They just did a report of uh, Young Turks did a report on it, right? Well, you know what I mean. Anyway, the most dangerous place right now is, of course, Syria. And then next in line, I think even second or third in line was Mexico because of all the cartel violence. So you're talking about ten to 12,000 people a year die in Mexico because of cartel violence. But people will still retire there to get health care. Go figure. You know. So when they start talking that horse shit, talking about the Democrats, about, oh, well, we can't have single-payer health care. Yeah, well, guess what? You're not going to have a job because we're going to primary you and we're going to get you out of there. Trump, I mean, it's funny. When they did when they did a report, you know the state that's gonna get screwed over the most by uh with that Trump care bill if he would have passed as is? New Jersey. And who's the governor of New Jersey? Chris Christie. Chris Christie towed that line for Trump so hard. You figure it like this, right? North uh Trump won North Carolina by 170,000 votes, which is big because in the four or five states that helped Trump win, he won those states by about 80,000 votes. Five states he won by 80,000 votes. And you figure North Carolina he won by 170,000 votes. When Roy Cooper put in a request to Trump and said, listen, you know, we're still suffering from Hurricane Matthew. We need $929 million to fix all our damage. You know how much Trump gave? Six. Six million dollars. Asked for 929 got six. And this is a state that uh, put it down for Trump. Well, you know, it's definitely the same thing, though. If I ask for if you ask for a hundred, you might get ten. You're only going to get ten percent of what you ask for. That's a gambler's game. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, they got one percent of what they ask for. That's literally one oh, percent. You know, oh, my bad. I didn't do the math. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all it's, it's, it's all good. But you figure he did nine hundred twenty-nine uh, million. He got six million. That's about. Either one or two percent of what they asked for. It's that's not. A, it's not nearly enough. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. You know, and if, if I was Roy Cooper, I would have took that money and, and defecated on it. <laughs> but put it like this, though. Despite the fact of all the evil stuff that Chris Christie said about Obama when Obama was president, when Hurricane Sandy hit. Obama did everything in his power to make sure New Jersey was taken care of, despite the fact they're fat piece of shit governor. Because he was in it for the people. He was like, yeah, I know Chris Christie's a fat piece of shit, but you know what? These people need the help of the American government, and by God, we're going to give it to them. The people who helped put Trump over it, Trump opened his ass and shit on them. And they're still like, well, I guess Mr. Trump had a reason, right? Huh? He's a negotiator. It's what he does. You fucking rubes. And I live in the fucking state. So, you know, granted, I wasn't affected by the hurricane, but 
I know people that were. And even, and even if I didn't know people that were, it still sucked up. He did the same thing to Pennsylvania. Uh, out of the, I want to say, out of the 10 counties that uh, were affected by the storm that Trump didn't give money to, didn't give a dime to, seven of those counties voted for Trump and helped Trump win Pennsylvania. So what's it going to take for, we know, we know the Republicans have bought and paid for, what's it going to take for the people who voted for Trump to realize he doesn't care about them? Like I said, it's, it's like a, a wife with two black eyes. And not a woman who Whoa. says... And not, domestic violence. I don't support uh, domestic violence, Mark. I can't do that. Now, hold on. Hold on, though. It's, but it's not, it's not like a woman who says, hey, listen, I don't have any place else to go. I don't have any money. I don't have any family. I have no place else to go. It's not that. It's the ones who say, you know what? I wish I had another eye for my neck to punch me in it because, you know what? If my man, if my man beats me, it means he loves me. That's like Trump fans right now. And I know that's a horrible analogy, but I don't know how else to explain this fascination with Trump fans and Trump. No matter what he does, they stick with him. It's absolutely ridiculous because, I mean, you don't have to follow what I say. You have to follow your own best interests, and they're not even doing that. Just just to spite us liberal jackasses. Let's go back to my old my old analogy. If it ain't, is this thing working? Microphone check. If it ain't white, it ain't white. You know what I mean? West Coast comfort for life. Yeah, but the problem is, a lot of those people who are going to be hurt are white. That's the thing. And all those coal miners out in Kentucky and uh, West Virginia, you know, don't really care about anybody. Anybody at all. He don't even care about his own wife because he didn't even say he didn't even spend time with her for Mother's Day. For Mother's Day, what kind of you know what? It's not like it's not like oh he didn't have the money to go home. He's the president. Jump on Air Force One and go home. Be with your wife and your kid. But I I, I will say one thing though: if Trump was married to uh, Ivanka, he he, oh, he would have went home. <laughs> Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it took me a minute oh, to get that. I was like, what? Ivanka? Who's Ivanka? Oh, his daughter. Oh, okay. <laughs> or, or as Bill Maher calls him, his daughter wife. But we only got a couple minutes left, man. So, what, what are your closing thoughts? My closing thoughts is, man, you were really, you were really well versed in Nixon. I don't know a lot about Nixon. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I mean, I can see. I, I did notice a lot of correlation, especially on my Facebook timeline, regarding the two of them. But they still say that that Trump is the worst of the two. But you know what? Yes. Trump got a long way to go. Trump can redeem himself. The right person get in his ear. Trump is Trump is a smart man, and I just don't know. I think that, you know what, these things, these moves that he's making, he might be orchestrating the greatest plan of peace ever. Mm, I don't think so. Cause, but wouldn't no, that be because something? He just, Destroy all your enemies are dead and only peaceful people are left? <laughs> peace through tyranny. 
<laughs> you can't have a war if your enemies are dead. <laughs> so. But uh, we got like 30 seconds left. My final thought is basically uh, everything is not always just a change. You got to dig a little bit.